Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What is up, everybody, and welcome in to the DNBA show on the DNVR Nuggets podcast. <laughs> Doing your own air horns is weird. We are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. We are Adamless. We are Harrisonless. We are Monitorless. We are D-lineless. Thank but God. Let's talk about what I do have with me. Um, returning to the show, Superstar Dev. It's it's okay if if those guys are gone and I'm here, but if we're all gone, mm-hmm. just you and Hank. Oh no, we wouldn't do that. That would be rough. That would be rough. That's never happened before, has it? We've never just done a together. A, thing. No, we did a bet show together once. That's right. That yeah, was that's it. right. Um, we were talking about luge, and I accidentally that's... said the phrase German dominance, <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh, we're gonna get canceled." It was so, a great show. Um, yeah, it wouldn't really it never well. happened again. Yeah. So you guys definitely got canceled. It's right up there the... with the day that Dre's cat died. That's right. I was. <laughs> Surprisingly good show as well. <laughs> and from the DNVR buffs beat Henry Chisholm. Chisholm? Chisholm? Chisholm. Chisholm? Yeah, just like minimal effort. Did anyone ever go hard H on you? Like Chisholm? Oh, like oh a coach all the time. Yeah, 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 you get the hard H, you get the hard L. Chisholm! Chisholm! On the double! Yeah. Um, well, listen, we've got a big show planned today, obviously, if we got the buffs guys with me. And Dev is a bit of a buffs guy himself. Obviously, Dev's just tuned into hoops at every level. So it would be a waste not to talk about Jabari Walker, the draft hopeful. He will be drafted, I'm sure. Um, and we will talk about him, and we will talk about Schwartz, who uh, is a Buffs transfer, who also worked out for the Nuggets. And we've got some news in the RSN world, Nesson in the Northeast, with a big development uh, that's particularly relevant to us Nuggets and Avs fans here in Colorado. But before we get into that, fellas, hard-hitting journalism, what did everyone have for breakfast today? So I went to that Avs game last night, and I drank a little bit before. I drank even more during it. I got home. Uh, so I, I had a big bowl of rice for breakfast to try to work through some of the feelings I'm having. That's bad. Yeah. That's the <laughs> yeah. saddest breakfast I've ever heard. Yeah. I, I put a little soy sauce on it. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, your tummy is destroyed. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, it's a rough one. I'm, I got this big coffee here, too. You did not set the t- most important meal of the day. You ate rice. I, I set the tone last night. That's right. I broke That's today true. yesterday. I ensured it was a bad day. Shout out Avalanche. Yes. Tomorrow, we'll be back in the bar for another Avs Watch Party. <laughs> Make sure you come through. Dev, what'd you have for breakfast today? I, I did really not eat home. breakfast today. Um, I did have Chick-fil-A, though, Ooh. Um, for lunch. But I'm, I'm not really a breakfast guy because I only eat breakfast burritos. That's it. Uh-huh. Me too. Um, I'm the same way. 
So, like, I've been trying to stay away from potatoes. So, I'm like, uh, no breakfast burritos for me. Good you, times breakfast why? burritos, incredible. What's up with potatoes? I just don't want the, the starch and stuff. Okay. Interesting. Should I stop eating potatoes? No, 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 not you. Oh, okay. Just me. Okay. I'm a big breakfast burrito guy. Had one mm. today. Had a smoothie as well. So, I feel... I feel really, really good. Now that we got that out of the way, chat, mm-hmm. I can't see no monitor, but let us know what you had, obviously. <laughs> but we've got big regional sports network news. Nesson mm-hmm. is becoming the first RSN to offer an out-of-the-bundle streaming access. This is straight from Nesson to you, the consumer. They're going to have Red Sox and, uh, oh gosh, what's the other team? Will it be Bruins? Yes. Um, games will be available for streaming, but it's going to cost you, and predictably... This service is expensive. It's only $1 for the first month, but then it's thirty month, uh, $30 per month thereafter, Henry, just for access to these games. So heading in this direction, direct RSN streams to the consumer. I think we all wanted to see some version of it event- eventually. Mm-hmm. Seemed inevitable. Also seemed inevitable that it would be expensive. Yeah, totally. I, I don't know that we expected this expensive. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the easy answer, like when Nuggets fans are saying, why why won't Altitude do this? It's like, well, Ivaca is $5 a month cheaper. That's so, a good so, point. So, so like you already have a better option. And so like I, I, you, I always thought that it'd be expensive, but I thought more in like that 15 to $20 a month range instead of something where you literally could just get a full-on streaming service instead. $30, Dev, what's your first reaction? Just the games. This isn't a bundle. I think that's what makes it extremely difficult is it is only just the games that you'll be paying for. You don't mm-hmm. get the ESPN. You don't get the TNT. Mm-hmm. So now you already take that market out. Like At least that's like what helps when there's cable is that you have the other things. Also, that means that would they not be able to be shown when there's like a blackout? Or, would, it, would it black it out? Blackout if they're on. Well, the you have to you have to be in the area, so you hmm. can't be like outside of the local market and sign up for an Essen. Like blackout huh. rules would apply. Yeah. So if their game is on ESPN or TNT per se, would you not be able to watch the game? Mm, good question. Mm, yeah. I think that you would probably still be able to watch, but I'm not positive yeah. on that. But that's yeah, it, I mean, it's still that's a lot of money, and then like you said, Ivaca already has that. You know, who already is a proud sponsor. Proud, proud sponsor. Mm-hmm. Sponsor. But also, um, like, I, I just, I don't see how you would be able to just make sense of altitude all the time. Because when the game is not on, now are you even watching that channel? They're going to have to step up on their, their mm-hmm. end, and that's not, no, like, that's no disrespect to that. I don't even have altitude TV. Yeah. But what are they doing throughout the day? You know, right. you're only paying for just those live game services, and why not? allow that to be like a subscription-based thing where you're only watching it when it's on, like NBA TV or, or something like that. And I do think, Hank, that's part of what, you know, the providers like Comcast, that's part of their position. It's like, well, yo, it's not like we're throwing you into these bundles and stuff, but people want to watch the broadcast but not really pay for what's happening on that channel 24-7. Totally, totally. I mean, I actually so the Pac-12 is in kind of a similar boat with the Pac-12 network. They they've had a terrible time getting that on TV anywhere. Like you can't get it on Direct TV. You can't get it uh, most places. I think right now there's like 14.8 million homes with the Pac-12 network compared to I think it's over 50 million now with the Big Ten network. And so they have all these issues. But the current TV deal runs through the end of the 2023-24 school year, and because of the way that it's written and the deals that they have with Dish and the others, they're they basically have their hands tied. 
Like there is nothing they can do. Like they, they couldn't offer streaming if they wanted to because it's written into these other contracts that you won't just sell it straight to the consumer. Right. Otherwise, I mean, obviously that would hurt right. them. So so when you talk about <laughs> altitude, you could totally see a situation where altitude's kind of in that same boat where they would love to do something like that, but they're just under 11 different contracts pulling them all these different ways that, that just do not allow you to make a move like this. And and here's the other thing to the point you were just making, whether it's you know explicitly banned in that contract language or if these straight-to-consumer streaming you know packages are so cheap that mm-hmm. it threatens or undermines the cable bundles, mm-hmm. they'll just simply be removed from those cable bundles totally. by, by Comcast. And at which point they're operating off of the private, the profit of a live stream operation, which while I generally am not sympathetic to the cries of rich businesses and the operating costs of, of wealthy businesses owned by wealthy people, mm-hmm. it is true that that's not probably not sustainable revenue. Absolutely. So and you got to think about the future contracts, like kind of like you mentioned, but just are you going to be pushing people to watch Comcast? Because the other thing with the Pac-12 network is on average over all of their deals with all of the different distributors, they make about 13 cents per subscriber, um, whether it's like through Sling or Dish or whatever, compared to I mean, the Big Tens at like 52 cents per all of them. So you just see all these different ways you're falling behind. And if Altitude really is just selling what they make direct to people, then Comcast absolutely is going to be saying we're we're not giving you as much money for this because look you're we're you're, we're not even getting people from you anyway. Right? Yeah, and if you don't have the like the actual packages with being able to put it in any other way, you're adding that on top of what you already have. You already have Sling, you already have DirecTV, yep. or it would be Comcast or things like that because you just have to make sense of why you would buy it. And it's for Avs, it's for the Nuggets games. Those are really the only reason that you would do this in the first place. Mm-hmm. So not having all those other you know, or having all those other streaming services, it's just going to get really expensive yeah. and it's just going to be 30 more dollars. And then there's the streaming option that you could do for free. Like, yeah, right. it's inconvenient, but at yeah. least it's, you know, it's free. I, I did tail off though. It finally got me going through this. Not, I, it allegedly got me that eventually I uh, was just like, I'm not tired I'm, of exiting out. I'm not, like, I'm not closing this shit out over yeah, and over dude, and over again. It was actually the Rockies. Or I was just like, me, I'm, me not, too. I'm not going to click out of all these things to watch the Rockies. And I did <laughs> think like, it is time for me to just sign up for something. Cause again, like I'm torn two ways. There's literally nothing that shows PAC 12 network and altitude. It doesn't exist. Right. So you got to get sling and I'm going to sign up for Ivaca once I move, but right, right now makes, I don't want the hassle. Right. But it's, it's, just really, really frustrating. I wonder if we are approaching a threshold where it's just going to make more sense to do the cable and internet bundle again. I know. And, and, and <laughs> like there was a time where you could just pay one person a lot of money. You add phone, internet, cable, and then like every sports channel. Throw HBO on if you want. Yeah, man. And it's, it's crazy where it's become so difficult and and like fragmented. And so totally. there's almost no like one hub for sports anymore besides. I guess just the internet. So it's bizarre. Altitude's position on this previously, this is still posted on their website. Mm -hmm. There is not a regional sports network in the country that provides a direct-to-consumer streaming option. And they cite how expensive it becomes for the consumer. And it's also not raising sufficient revenue for Altitude. So what's the point of providing that option if it's going to be something 30, or probably in Stan Kroenke's case, maybe north of 30. (laughs) Um, So I do understand that, but it'll be interesting to see if this precedent applies any pressure to them, because that one line, there is not a regional sports network providing this service. That's no longer the case. 
So it'll be totally. interesting to see how this influences uh, a variety of markets. And and for me, fellas, it was a reminder that, you know, I'm so harsh on the Cronkies for this because it's against a background of general negligence mm-hmm. and that it didn't seem like they had any sort of alternatives or plans in place and how little we've heard from them about it in now going on three years. Mm-hmm. But you also can't lose sight of the fact that it is also true that this issue is not unique to Denver. It's going to continue mm-hmm. to happen around the country and that these providers do have these RSNs in between a rock and a hard place. That That is fair to say. And that's been their strategy. Like yeah. that's what this is all about is that they want to be able to build Bali sports and whatever the other one is and just push out every other regional sports network, which you know would be really sad like like it is nice to have like the diversity of all the different local networks and they get built their own way and and, and i personally like i enjoy altitude and the things that they do um it's just tough to feel bad for them and say like oh yeah you're the underdog going up against the right. cable company right. to come on where it's like first of all you're screwing me over in the process and second of all you have walmart money like like surely there's a way to get through this i simply don't believe you that there's not like a, a, a path you could take that you could eat. I but know. I do understand there's also this concern of setting precedent. You know, you don't want future negotiation. You can't just cave to every demand of a provider. But yeah. Do you do you still feel comfortable applying pressure to the Cronkies, Dev? I mean, it's like it, it's it's not a simple situation, and yet the bottom line is it's we're three years on on just almost no progress on this. I think that. Uh, as a viewer, you're going to be able to apply pressure all the time, or you should uh, yeah. try to apply pressure because it's not your money, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, and and also they have the money, so you're going to always like say you should do this with your money. Um, I think things like this show that there are, um, you know, different ways to go about it and things that we didn't even think about because this is just added out of nowhere. And also, Colorado is not the only place that this is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You know, they're not the only billionaires that are having to to deal with this or not even think about it. Like, I really do think that this is so low on their on their bar that they're just like they're going to get over it and there's going to find different ways to go about it. And also, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's not on me. So I I think that you should apply pressure as a consumer, um, but also is it to deaf ears? You do wonder, like, how, how long typically is that contract like a contract with Comcast or whatever? Maybe maybe it's a decade, but if it's a five year contract, and you've literally like it's been three years and you're getting nothing instead of just taking a bad deal for right. that. How time. is this better? Exactly, like like because it it doesn't set a bad precedent. It's like, but in the meantime, so get, also get back of, to that fight later. Take your money. Speaking of precedent, one of the most talented Avs teams ever assembled, Ugh. the best Nugget to ever wear a jersey, on every should be on every night, and they're mm-hmm. not. And like what. What kind of precedent does that set? I know. It's I, like they, they have marketing budgets. Like they're putting signs up saying like, oh, the Nuggets, the Avs. And it's like, well, the way you market your sports teams is put them on freaking TV. Know, like like that's, that's, that's the where that comes from. The fact you're spending money on a billboard when you could be making money by taking whatever <laughs> offer. Just like what the hell is happening here? I know. Meanwhile, they're dropping like two mil on a Rams draft commercial on oh. a night when they like don't have any picks, I think. So um, <sighs> it, it's a lot. <laughs> It's a lot. I do hope to ask Josh Kroenke if that presser ever does happen. We talk a lot about on this show about our perception mm-hmm. of an obligation of an owner to a city mm-hmm. beyond just operating, owning and operating a business. I'd like to ask Josh directly, 
do you feel any sense of obligation to create a product that becomes something that people of the city and state are proud of, mm -hmm. that becomes ingrained into the identity? Um, does that sense of obligation exist? Do you feel it? And look, ultimately, we're there to talk to him about Tim, but he, I'm sure he'll field questions on this as well. Uh, are, yeah. you, are you failing in that obligation if you're three years into, into yeah. this? Do you think that there's a right answer for him? Like him answering it, I don't know if it could go positive for him no matter what. Yeah. yeah uh, I would, no, I'll tell you what. I would like to hear Josh say, I do believe in that obligation. I do feel it. And I do think we're failing that up. That would give me a sense that there is at least one party in this ownership group who would like to see change. Yeah. And I think it's how you say it too. Like, I don't know exactly what it is, but convince me that you're actually telling the truth when you say it, because you know that you're going to say like, yeah, we want to be a part of the city. But but if you're saying like, yeah, the fact that we're not seeing more people walking around Nuggets jerseys, like it, it, it deeply hurts me that, that we are not seeing that. Like right. convince me that you're actually upset about this. Show some level of emotion. And it's like, yeah, you're going to get asked these questions. When what? It's his first press conference in five years. We think five. I think official. I think official sit down in front of the press has been since 2017. That thing might last an hour. It better. <laughs> Things are backed up. It, it better. It better. Um, by the way, Josh Kroenke is still positive, still testing positive for COVID. Mm -hmm. Team working to reschedule. Not something they can do until he tests negative again. Uh, Dev, are you done with the school year? Are you done? For the most part, yes. Uh, summer school starts tomorrow. But there's mm -hmm. no kids right now. And then also the kids that come in for summer school. I mean, they've already uh, ditched their way into summer school. So when they come, they better be ready to, to work. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to be getting more? Because we got the chat just, King Dev, that's my inspiration. My boy Dev, haven't seen you since Cinco Dev Mayo. Oh, what a great holiday. <laughs> and those are my people. Those are my people right there. I love them all. Um, and I miss you guys. Um, even D-Line. Even D-Line. Who's here, uh, actually? He's just working. It's three person set, so I kicked him off. A lot of clicking going on. So much clicking. So much clicking. D Line's office is awesome. It's like uh you got like three empty Jimmy John's cups, <laughs> like an empty box of Triscuits. Uh -oh. It's just what you'd expect. <laughs> Shout out D Line, I love that guy. He does keep it on brand. What uh what are you feeling for the finals, Dev? I didn't get to talk to you about this. Are you rooting for someone? Do you think someone's gonna win? Yeah, I think that there has to be a winner. Um I'm leaning. <laughs> who do you think? Who do you He's think? rooting for a winner. Who do you think that's going to be? I'm like, uh, so, so a lot it's of me good, wants to say, on his part. <laughs> a lot of me wants to say the Warriors just because of like the history and also Steph Curry is hard to hate him. I like that Boston team, like that matches up with them. I think that they match up in a lot of ways. Also, I think that um, for both teams, defense really does matter. And then also there's the, um, the second unit, which I think that they clash like in every single way. Um, I think that there's, I'm not going to say an answer because there's never going to be an answer for um, Steph Curry, but having Marcus Smart be your best defender, yeah, that's a good point. that matters. Like, and that changes a lot of things where um, you have people that are bought in. So Jason Tatum, that's the one thing that he has done extremely well is he's like, he's taken on the defensive ownership. He, yeah. That's where he's progressed the most. Like he's still going to shoot, you know, six for 41 um, in games and things like that. But mm -hmm. on the defensive end, he's going to apply himself. You have a switchable defender there. You also, you don't want to get off of Marcus Smart and have to walk into Jalen Brown. Like, they have defenders all over. And then you have Al Horford, who's super old, and teams, like, turn their backs on him. And he's still playing at a very, very high level. 
Um, you have Derek White on the bench that gets to mash up, like match up with Jordan Poole. Like I really do think that that Boston team um, is like on par with, with Golden State, and they're gonna like um, challenge them in a lot of ways. So I'm starting to push more towards Boston. Um, in this series, which I did not think I was going to do like two weeks ago. Three weeks that's ago. the wrong answer. What do you think? I uh, holy yeah, that's right, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot about that. Uh, I'm I'm pulling hard for Wash or for the Warriors, Washington. Uh, I think uh, I, I mean first of all, I hate the Warriors. Gotta get that out there. But that's just outweighed by so many other things, like the fact that if the Warriors go out there and just sweep the Celtics, that one tweet where you get to say Jokic won more games against the Warriors than the Celtics did. Mm. That that's all good for me. Like that's all I care enough, about. That's yep. all you need. But that's what it comes back to is like it's the team that beat the Nuggets. It's good for the Nuggets if if they go through and win. And on top of that, you don't like the Warriors win championships a lot. And so it's like if you win another, like congrats. But it isn't another team that feels like it's jumping the Nuggets. Yeah, you know, I there's agree. something where it's just like if the the Patriots, when they won Super Bowls, it's like, yeah, I hate this. At least we're not saying like the Chiefs back you know, exactly in the day before that happened. happened. We're just like, yeah, like Warriors if it were just the Suns, win another. It would feel a lot like, oh, Denver fully missed on that win. Exactly. You know, and it, exactly. Maybe it's dumb how these things work. It's a consequentialist mm-hmm. approach, but it doesn't feel that way quite as much. There does are, uh, does uh, the Celtics like playing really well right now put like a lot of pressure on you if they win it? Like, is it more so you don't really believe in that team or, like, I have to stand strong on my brand? The second one. Yeah, I think they're really good. I mean, they are really good. The other, the ironic thing is there's plenty to like about them, mm-hmm. about the way they play basketball, approach basketball, have built that team. I just refuse to acknowledge it. On the other <laughs> side of the break, we will get to the headline. We'll talk to Jabari Walker, his pro career. Mm-hmm. Would the Nuggets have any interest? Where will he go in the draft? The whole rundown, the whole thing. Uh, But for now, here's what you need to know. Are you ready for the NBA champs to be crowned? As Dev astutely pointed out, someone does have to win. And you can win, too, with DraftKings Sportsbook. Join the finals action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports media partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA bet and get $150 in free bets instantly. Looking to turn another smaller bet into a big payday during the NBA finals? Well, with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Uh, create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, under on Tatum points, and more. Boom, you have a shot at an even bigger <laughs> payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals. Get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code DNVR. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522 Zero, zero, and uh, what's the next read, fellas? Light shade. Oh, I fun. love light shade. They they have all these great products, including Escape Artist, which is the highest awarded topical brand in Colorado. It prioritizes quality and consistency. Ratios available in one to one and high ratio CBD twenty to one. The creams penetrate for a deep muscle tissue uh, to address deep muscle tissue discomfort. They're non-greasy, non-staining, and they come to you. Thank you to our friends at Lightshade, Colorado's premier dispenser, which has 11 convenient Denver Metro and Aurora locations, including that Barnum location, the biggest one. It's now open with their biggest supply uh, of selections. And podcast listeners can get 25% off non-sale items with code DNVR. Remember, it's very important that you scream that at them as loud as you can. DNVR. Tell them who sent you. Mm-hmm. And now I will put Henry Chisholm of the DNVR Buffs Me. podcast in the driver's seat because we're going to talk about Jabari Walker, the uh, the buff 
who is heading to the NBA. This is really hard without a monitor. I don't know if the graphics up. <laughs> if the graphics up, it's gonna look and sound sick. Yeah. If, if not, I'm just I'm just kind of stalling a little bit. There it is, Hank. It's all you. The strength mm-hmm. of weaknesses. The rundown on Jabari. Yeah, yeah. So Jabari is uh, he's a forward. Probably oh, nice. plays the four, but could wind up playing the three because he's not that big. Measured in at like six six and three quarters without shoes at the combine. It's like. 212 pounds i think so like a a good well-built guy um in general the combine didn't go well for him uh we we thought he'd be closer to 6'8 for example um the the body fat percentage was like 12 percent which was 56 out of 61 people Mm. there he was like two spots behind david roddy Mm. which wow is surprising like it's not what you expect (laughs) from him at all and then like the other testing stuff like we didn't want to see him have a 33 inch vertical like that's just not a good number given what he does, and so we'll we'll touch on these strengths. We'll, we'll run through these, I guess. Uh, the first one that I have on there is the rebounding. Um, I think shot blocking number two. Yeah, shot blocking number two, and more so for those two, it's the instincts more than anything else. He's just always around the ball. I think uh, sixteen double doubles this season, which was easily the most in the Pac-12. I think somebody got hot late. It might have been Christian Coloco from Arizona who got up to like 10 double-doubles, but he had doubled the rest of the field for most of the season. Um, again, the, the shot blocking. Like from the four, like as a help defender, he can he can block a bunch of shots. But again, you look back at that 32-inch vertical, like the 6'10 wingspan is good, but in an era where every wing has a wingspan that's like five inches better than their height, it really doesn't stand out all that much. So you wonder how much these two things can really translate. Uh, the third, the third point there, the uh, the three point shooting, um, shot I think better than fifty percent as a freshman. Had the big game against Georgetown, the tournament where he's five for five from three. Um, this year it took a little step back to like thirty five percent, but but on quite a few attempts per game. Uh, the release is a little bit slow, mm. so you wonder how much that translates. And obviously, like when you add another step back for for every shot, the NBA three point line again. There's there's a little there's a question there, but that was you're easily one of his strengths. Um, we get these weaknesses real quick too. Well, I mean, actually, real quick. Okay. Oh, I'll, I'll throw it to Deb because I know he's tuned in as well. Yeah. Uh, Deb, first, do you, do you agree? You know, with these strengths as listed, and then is is there one of those in particular that you feel really confident? You know, pops at the next level is, is sort of how he makes his bread. The thing that pops at the next level and also is uh, clearly your strength is the rebounding. Mm-hmm. Um, for him to go in at 6'6", in which, you know, the idea was that he was a 6'9 guy with a 7, yep. you know, a 7-foot wingspan. Right. Things, like, dropped. Like, the combine was not well, like, at, at all. Yep. at all. But for him to rebound at such a high level at 6'6", like, those are things that you go on. Um, like, he has all of the physical tools in the world, and also he's the son of an NBA player. So, like, mm-hmm. th- that played into his part, and now he has to do the rest from there. And he did um, with the double-doubles, with, you know, being an all-NBA – or, sorry, an all-Pac-12 first-teamer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those things, like, stood out. Um, the shooting, um, it does kind of worry me just because he was such a good, you know, shooter the first year and then took a dip. Mm-hmm. Yes, on a lot more shots, and yes, because the ball is in his hands a lot more. Um, but you want him to just be a little bit better, a little bit stronger at that, just because 
Um, you want to have an argument that he could be a, a, a small forward, especially if he's not as tall as you once mm-hmm. assumed that he was going to be. Um, if if he's 6'9 and he's shooting the ball at 35, you know, you're okay. But when you're 6'6", you have to defend other small forwards as well as become a knockdown shooter, a 3 right. and D type of yep. guy. And now you made it, you know, and it's, it, you know, those that's not nothing you can work on. Like, you, right. you just, you're just, you're your size. So now you really do have to knock the, the, the ball down. So um, the rebounding is what like, stands out. He yep. grabs the rebounds um, that's, you know, that you have to battle for. So, like, he has um, an engine. Um, he, he wants it a lot more. Um, he's, you know, he has the, the physical tools to get to wherever he wants. Um, so, like, there is some, uh, some positives for him, but there's also a lot of cons. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into those cons. Let's get into those cons. Uh, so, uh, first of all, again, just kind of a tweener in general. Like, what, what do you do? You're a power forward who is the size of a small forward. Right. There's a way that it works out, but that is pretty easily the most concerning part with Jabari. Uh, he, uh, he's not very polished offensively. Really likes to go to his right hand. Doesn't really have many post moves. He's just a really good athlete. Right. You know, he, he can catch oops and do those sorts of things. Um, but like, again, like you just need to, to get a little bit of that YMCA game, not a lot, but just, just some, just some, uh, and then finally just his body is not developed. Like, again, we talked about with the, the body fat, we're just like, that's not, that's concerning. It, it is concerning. It is concerning. Cause he doesn't have, like, he has the frame of a guy who should be on the lower end of that. Totally. Scale. And it's another, like we talk about the vertical a year from now, he probably adds four inches to that would be my guess. But it just makes you wonder why he's leaving right now. We're saying mm-hmm. like, yeah, just cut down the body fat a little bit, add some muscle because you are a bit of a tweener. And again, just to talk about where he actually fits, there's kind of two roles. Uh, either he plays the four and he gets a lot stronger and he gives up a little bit of size, but but goes over just fine. And in that case, you probably add some more post moves um, again, the explosion comes and he's more of a cutter can play the dunker role a little bit, or he plays the three. And I, I think that that's the ideal situation is that you, you wind up with him playing the three and he's quick enough to defend those guys. Um, again, like he has the tools to be a good defender, just isn't quite there yet. He can block a bunch of shots, sure. but he, he needs to figure that other stuff out, but then also develops the three point shot yes, to be the three, to, to be, to be three and D. Three and D. And so I, I don't know that he's ever going to be able to guard, like, the point guards. Like, you probably need bigger twos. And right. he's so close to being the mold of player that you're looking for in the NBA. He's so close. He just doesn't quite have all those tools put together. Um, so he is he's definitely a project. Do you get the sense, Dev, when Hank says... Sorry, Hank. He's Henry. We call him Hank sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's so close to fitting a certain archetype. Do you get the sense that he's aware of this? And he's trying to funnel himself into this mold of player. Absolutely. Um, and his is a lot different because he's not just hearing it from his trainer. He's hearing it from his NBA dad. You yeah. know, yeah. A, a dad, like a guy that's been around Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal and guys like that. Like yep. he is in tuned and he is um, talking to these type of guys. So they're telling him straight up. It's not just, you know, you're the first guy from your town that can do this and you look a lot different. It's a, lot, it's a lot different than Bones Highland sure. um, than coming from him. Um, and also what, what shocks me the most is that he is leaving right now. Um, and they said that he was going to keep his name in. Like, yep. 
I really didn't expect that. Expect like when you when you put your name in, it's to see what it looks like. You know, you just throw, mm-hmm. you know, you just throw your hook in the water and see what happens. Get a and he saw that things didn't go well. So you go back and you get better or you answer some of those things. Like usually when this happens, um, there's a promise of some sort. Like you're gonna be one of the exactly. top, you know, forty guys. Especially when you get invited to the combine. Right. This is, you know, a lot different than a guy that's just like overseas working out and we're going to see how he looks when he gets here like they know who he is they know what he does he's not and falling then, off that radar if ex- he goes exactly back to- so he <laughs> he really does need a year um from that we get into those cons um he's not a great playmaker yep. um so on top of not being a great playmaker he's not good in isolation baskets so you don't <laughs> pass really well but also you're not able to just score whenever you want to and right. i think that's what the the biggest issue was for um, CU fans was this yep. is your best guy this is the guy that you want to have the ball in his hands and good things are going to happen and that's what they've been getting especially with uh, McKinley Wright um, who when he gets the ball in his hands you know the best thing's going to happen right. granted he's mm-hmm. a guard but it's your best player your best player is supposed to score and he's going to get the ball a lot of times and um, he's not able to score in those island type like events and then also if he's open he's not knocking down the shot so now it's just kind of What's your role offensively? Yeah. Are you the go-to guy and now you're about to go and leave um, when you still have those, un- like, mm. you know, those questions for you? Um, so that, like, really stands out for me. Um, as a defender, I just don't feel like he's locked in at all times. Mm-hmm. And it leads to a lot of fouls. Like, there was a lot of times that yep. he's in foul trouble. That's tough. Um, That's for tough. him because he's just not locked in or he is, like, late in uh, trying to get, you know, the, the, the blocks or – He's like not as quick, and especially now being a, a wing instead of the four that I thought he was going to be, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to stay with those guys that are a lot quicker than the four who are just standing on the post. So, like he's not getting down to guard twos and stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. and, and you're going to yeah. need that, especially when Have you're not wing. a polished yeah. offensive guy. Um, if you're coming off the bench and they need you to just score, mm-hmm. now you're not thinking about you know Jordan Clarkson as a defender. He's a scorer. That's what he's in there to do. Sure. Um, so now he's a specialist. He's not going to be able to be that. He's going to have to be a 3 and D guy at the next level, Jabari. Um, Jabari right, is. Right. So I just wish that he had one more year to like just lock in on those things and then just answer those. Because like, I could be wrong. Sure. It could be like, hey, um, I'm a knockdown guy. I'm also a guy that can score like in isolation. I only have one year to prove that. Yeah. That could be true. I, I mean, because he's 19 years old, 20 years old. Man, so you guys are surprised he's not coming back. It did sound yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and I know people at CU are surprised too. Mm. Maybe maybe surprised isn't the best word. They they don't think it's the correct like, decision. It's a curious choice. Yes, yeah. 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 I mean, they it was pretty clear that Jabari wanted to go pro, um, and his dad was really really pushing him to go pro, and it this was the exact scenario that we would expect that they would have backed that off of that. Like everything played out so poorly that you'd be like, well, this is when you realize that this is probably not the best move because it even started with the the draft feedback that he got um, March. I think in March those come out and and that wasn't that wasn't good. And so that was kind of the the start where you're like, okay, things aren't great here. And then to go through this process and still wind up with him going again, like knowing how hard that they were pushing to go, maybe not surprised, but probably not the best decision especially because he would have been a, a top three in the odds for offense or for player of the year in the pac 12 this year if he came back 
Right, he could have come back. It's yeah. not like he was coming back to nothing. The opportunity exactly. was there to and, build. And on. just to stick there, like it, say he does come back for a year. Like right now, if he goes, he's going to be like you know late second to mm-hmm. undrafted. Just going to ask. Yeah. There's not any. You can't go worse than that right now. Like mm-hmm. all you could do is just build your stock um, on that. And also mm-hmm. now, at least the NBA knows these measurables that you already have. They're going to go off of. You know, this guy's 6'6 now. Now we have to look at him in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, now they know who you are. Like, the writing's on the wall. It's like, okay, can he do this at 6'6? Six, six? Can he do that with a 6'9 wingspan mm-hmm. instead of the 6'9, 7-foot that we expected? Um, he's still putting up these big numbers for another year. Um, now he gets better as a shooter. Um, because right now it's like a mixed bag. They've seen him mm-hmm. as a great shooter. They've seen him as a not-so-good shooter. So now this year maybe, like, levels it. So you're like, okay, he's a he's a 38% shooter for yep. his career, at least his three different years. Like, in that first year, he didn't get to play much. Right. Um, you know, he didn't grow in the same type of ways. And then you mm-hmm. get supplanted into being the guy. That's just a hard... Um, totally. For anyone like Transition, that. And then yeah. also the evaluation for that is very, like, hard as well. Um, and then the numbers don't back it at a combine. So things are like, it's not that he's not looking well for him. It's just mm-hmm. not what was expected. So now you have to prove it in a different way. And that's why I feel like if he goes for another year, and it doesn't even have to be at CU. It just has to be somewhere totally. where he can prove himself. But why not go where you're already a first team um, all Pac-12 guy? They're going to give you the rock anyway. Yeah. The team is built around you. Right. Yeah. And so, in, again, it just comes back to him being raw. And with this process, it... You just throw in the quirks of, you know, you are a tweener, and so that pushes down the odds that you pan out. Right. And so you, we always knew he was raw, but your options at this point, I mean, not anymore. You can't go back to school, but but to go back to school. The deadline was today? Yeah, it was. And I think he, he signed with an agent who wasn't oh, certified right. by the NCAA. Yeah, yeah. So, so you still ha- have that chance, like that opportunity to, like, all right, I'm going to take it back right i i don't think so i think with that agency he can't once you sign yeah. with an agent you so there's certified agents so those are ones that are certified by the ncaa whatever i it, you have to spend like a day in a class sure. or something sure. yeah and so if you sign with one of them you can back out pay back all the money that you were advanced by june 1st and you're good to go with the non-certified agent you're you're stuck oh okay in. yeah so he took the locked in yeah approach. man that's, just, that's... And it's, it's a one-year suspension so you can't it it's not worth it but yeah i mean it, now he goes to the g league i think regardless of whether he surprises people winds up in the back of the first round whether he falls out of the draft he'll be in the g league in some capacity next year and for his development i think the big question is does he accept a role there and and try to play the way that he would have to play to get into the NBA, prove that he can do that? Or does he have a, the, the same kind of, I don't want to say his pure hero ball mentality, but he was a bit of a ball stopper. Sure. I, he, he did want to be the one taking shots. He did see it as his team. And I think that that could be dangerous if he doesn't have somebody pushing him to say, okay, remember that you're going to get to the next level by playing defense. Mm. So that's where we start here. By rebounding. And he'll have no... He's never had trouble hustling for rebounds, anything like that. But understanding his offensive role, making quick passes, not always looking to score every time he touches the ball. If he can do all those things, that you could see how he could go in the right direction and figure figure out how to be a great rebounding and great rebounding three who can come over and block some shots if the matchups are right and, and knock down some threes. If he does kind of keep the hero ball stuff going, then then that's kind of the big question. Does he 
figure out how to fit into a role. Real quick, second round safe guess? Is that the safe? Do you think he slides all the way out? Uh, I'd say 50-50 right now. Okay. Yeah, just going through the mock drafts, that's what they say. I think Bleach Report had him going like 43 or something. Um, most of them don't have him being drafted. They have him around like prospect 70 or so. Yeah. Um, so, so we'll see. We'll see. There's a chance. Having 58 picks this year is not, not a good situation for him, though. I think that uh, with him choosing the agent that he chose, there has to be a team or two that are saying, we're going to get you. you. Yeah. So I yeah. think that it has mm-hmm. to be second round. But like how late, you know, mm-hmm. and then also how how much are you willing to work to be that type of guy? You're not going to be the best player on your team mm-hmm. ever again, actually. Right. You know, so mm-hmm. um, even if you go to the G League, you're going to have to go and show um, these strengths that you have, but you're never going to be the go-to guy again, you know, at right. any level. Um, so now you have to accept that and also show that you're willing to work on these type of things. Like he goes from mm-hmm. the guy to now being a role player once again. And also now you have to star in that role. Um, so, this that's this he's he's on he's on some some rough water track now. Yep. It's it'll be interesting to see. I talked about this with Justin Michael yesterday on the Rams pod with David Roddy, oh, yeah. but probably not in this market. Definitely not for these guys. But will we get to a point where NIL deals are juicy enough that more and more guys just go? Listen, I could use the development time yep. anyway. They're gonna pay me here. I don't need to go to the G League. Yeah, so. I, I was talking to somebody at CU yesterday. Basically, when all this kind of became pretty certain that he was leaving. Sure. And I said, again, like, not really sure why this is the path he chose, especially when he could probably make 100 grand in NIL deals. And I was surprised that he, he chose a number that high, um, but more plugged in than I am, I guess. Yeah, it's I'm out sure there. So, the money I, is... It's somewhere. Yeah. Especially if you're one of the best players in the Pac-12. We'll talk a little bit more. We'll put a bow on Walker. Uh, Sean Schwartz, mm-hmm. former buff, worked out with the Nuggets. Get a rundown on him. But first, our friends at Breckenridge Brewery want you to know about their score two for a brew deal with the avalanche amber ale the classic i i don't know if this is true i call it the og breck brew is that true kale do we know sounds right it seems like it's like the first one i ever remember seeing yeah you know i i drank those before i had any connection to this date i know that i believe it but here's the deal the only thing that's better than the Avs scoring two goals in the first period is a free beer with those two goals. And Avalanche Amber, I mean, sorry, Breck Brew understands that, and they want to make your Avalanche Amber Ale free. On game days, you start your Avs game with an Avalanche Amber Ale at any bar or restaurant and then save that receipt. If the Avs score two or more goals in the first period, Breck Brew will pay for your beer via rebate. Rebate. Wow. Just upload your receipt on breckbrew.com. Wow. Yeah, how cool is that? How neat is that? Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR and Seltzer, and their food's good. They're just homies. Check them out. We love our friends here at DNVR. And it's Wednesday, so just one one ad read on the second break, fellas, and we're back already. Going to put a little bow here on Walker before we get out of here. What do you guys know about him that isn't on the scouting reports having watched him because I feel mm-hmm. from the NBA side of this and dev, I'm sure you can relate a lot of these guys. I'm watching videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I'm reading about the strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. I'm looking up stats, but when you cover a team all season, you cover mm-hmm. a player all season, you have context. How did they respond to challenges? What do you know about their personal life or the context of the team that led to them underperforming? You guys get the idea. What do you know about Walker that someone who's only looking 
at the measurables and such wouldn't know. I mean, this is, we'll start with the least important one. And that's that he's kind of like just a fun guy to, mm. to talk with. Like I, I, I did enjoy covering him. You know, I, I remember the first time I talked to him this season, I said like, yeah, so, you know, last year as a freshman, all your classes are online. Now you're on campus. Like, how's that going? He's like, it's crazy. Everywhere I go, people are looking at me. <laughs> it's like, bro, you're six foot eight with hair sticking straight up out of your head. <laughs> yeah, I bet people, I bet you catch people's eyes out there, don't you? <laughs> but but so I, I did enjoy talking with him. He, he is a smart guy. Obviously, the basketball background, there's that is really helpful. And that is something that I think I'm maybe underrated before I started covering basketball mm. players. But even just when you talk with guys like Javon Ruffin about basketball, who was a freshman last year, had an injury, redshirted, but his dad is one of the assistant coaches for the the Suns, and he played in the NBA for forever. And like moving around, those guys just understand the game well, and just kind of the process. And I I, I think that the transition to playing in the G League. I'm not worried about him. Like, like I think that he, he will not be scared of the of, of kind of the, the circumstances and the, the quite not that it's like big time playing in the G League, but I think the transition will go well. I think that lifestyle is something that he can absolutely handle. He's ready to be a pro. He's got a pro teaching him how to be a pro. Yeah. Yeah. And and again, like he's nineteen, he's twenty. There's definitely and how do you not get the body fat below twelve percent by the combine? Like look at your body there. I don't even think it was at 12% during the season. We're just like, what, what is happening here? So there are some of those little questions, but in terms of 19, 20 year olds who are going to the next level, I do think that that works well. And then also just the rebounding. Like it's easy to look at the numbers and say like, yeah, he's, he's a good rebounder. He's a freak rebounder. Mm. You know, he had, he had two games where he didn't score 10 points or more this season. And the reason I think is because he's good for two putbacks, three putbacks a game. And that gets you halfway there. And so I do think that we shouldn't look at the rebounding as like a thing he does well. It's an elite trait. Now, does he get bodied up by power forwards and it kind of gets neutralized? Do, do you wind up playing him at the three so he's able to, to kind of leak in and, and make those plays? What does that look like? You wonder, but you do know that he can do that at a high level. Mm. Dev, should the Nuggets buy into the second round? Is there any fit here at all Do you see? I say yes and no. Um, I do say that, you know, it, I mean, it always makes sense to, like, have a guy around that is, like, close to the state. I sure. just feel like you have to say those type of things. Mm -hmm. um, but also what the Nuggets need is a, a small forward, um, you know, that can play those type of minutes. Uh, is this guy, you know, is Jabari a, a small forward? No, he's a forward, you know, that his body is now showing that he's a forward and now it's starting to make a little bit more sense. Um, they also need like a workhorse type of uh, forward that could be a tweener that could do a little bit of both. Um, so like, yes, they do need that, you know, small forward, but also he just going to do the exact same things that Zeke Naji does. Um, and you want a lot more of Zeke Naji mm -hmm. this year. Um, and you, I, I mean, I fully expect them to see a lot of more Zeke Naji. So yeah. now you're having a replacement for a replacement, you know, that just and makes it's just it, a redundant forward. Yeah. It makes another. it a, a lot, you know, uh, more difficult. Um, but I do think that he is going to be a second rounder. I do. Um, yeah. With the Nuggets, I don't think so. That's fair. He does fit that mold that I swear every team is looking for more of. Mm -hmm. We're just these long wings who can defend, who can rebound. And it's like you just wind up with a hole there, it feels like, on half these teams. And if things work out for him, which I think there's a good chance they do, it's just that you're 
probably on two-year in the G League timeline. If things work out, then yeah, he, he could be a very valuable piece. Um, you know, a, a better Tory Craig or something like that is probably what you're looking for. That's that's a bad comp. That's a bad comp. Well, there's a piece there. There's something to there's it. There's a piece there. All right, Henry, uh, I understand that last year Deshaun Schwartz transferred from Colorado mm-hmm. to George Mason. Is that right? Yep. And he is a draft hopeful himself who has uh, worked out for the Nuggets. What can you tell us yeah. about Schwartz? So he's an interesting player. Again, so he's part of that big recruiting class they had with Tyler Bay and McKinley Wright and Evan Batty and Dallas Walton. Like They, they set the tone for that program. Uh, he's, he's one of the... Four, yeah, no, three, three thousand point scores at CU that came out of that class. Um, just a very productive player. Um, not, not like quick twitch, um, kind of, kind of explosive type. Like, like you, you, you feel like that's more where the game is going. Those skinny guys who have bounced and are quick and all those sorts of things. He's more of like the YMCA, like big two guard. And I'm curious, first of all, just what his size is. Um, you know, I think he's listed right now at six seven two thirty from George Mason. I wouldn't be surprised if that's more like six five, whatever two twenty something like that. But if he can score in the paint, you know, kind of be a post up guard. It, Jamal Murray's really good at that sort yeah, of stuff. Sure. Like if if he does have that sort of thing that translates to the next level, that's I think the path for him. Um, good defender. Doesn't have the the traits to be a freaky defender. Um, you're you're never going to to get probably plus defense out of him, but but he can hold his own against a he's two. Bi- he's big at least, exactly which makes a difference. Exactly, a huge difference actually. Um, and then the three point shooting. That's I mean, if you can shoot the three, then there's going to be a spot for you somewhere. And I think he's he's pretty close to a forty percent career three point shooter. Um, the play of his lifetime was probably the overtime buzzer beater against Dayton um, from the corner. Mm-hmm. So you, he's he's a very well-rounded prospect. Um, has some good scoring capacity. He's he's crafty. Um, just doesn't have the the freaky physical traits. Feels like somebody who you, it's worth bringing in though, just to see what he provides. Yeah, I started covering uh, high school basketball in 2016, which yeah. was uh, Kobe Ross's uh, senior year um, of high school, and then Shorts came out 2017, mm-hmm. so like the year like right after. And the the crazy thing that stood out is there's like there's a guy that scored 50 points in a game, so I had to yeah. go see him. I had to go see him. How big he is now is how big he was in high school. And Colorado athletes in high school were not that big. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, like, so he's doing whatever he wanted to do uh, on the basketball court. Um, and also, um, this was like a four-star four star recruit. And, you know, Colorado hadn't seen that, um, especially from Colorado Springs since Reggie Jackson. So, you know, this is like the pride of Colorado Springs. Comes from a good family, um, hard worker. And he was also just like a a dominant player. He wants to destroy every single time out. Love that. Especially when you go for 50 points, um, goes up to see you and has a, a really good career. And also it's just like a, a under the radar type of career where it's just mm-hmm. steady the entire time. Um, then they, you know, they have the, the, the young guys come in and they all make the decision to, to go over to George Mason and he plays pretty well. Um, and, and that was with, um, it was the coach that went over there with them. Kim, uh, Kim English, yeah, yeah. Kim English went over with them, so like he just like followed that that mm-hmm. whole train. 
of the Colorado guys going over there, and he played it like pretty well for um, yeah. George Mason. Fifteen so. and a half points, four and a half rebounds. Those are season stats, mm-hmm. not just not just George. Which Mason. is really like too. yeah, which yeah. is really like efficient and it's really balanced. Um, at the next level, he's going to be a two guard. That's when mm-hmm. it becomes difficult for him. I really do think that. Um, for sure, he's going to be a player that plays professional. Like again, mm-hmm. he he fits that mold, and he's also going to make a lot of money playing basketball. Um, you know that just makes sense. NBA, like I know that this was a dream come true for him, just to like mm-hmm. have a workout with the hometown right, team, right. Um, especially being a Colorado guy, not just playing for Colorado, but he's, you know, from the Springs, playing mm-hmm. for you know the Nuggets and and those type of things. Um, I don't see a, a a world in which he can play for them, but also Denver does right by their guys of like staying like he's going to play in the summer league. I do think he's going to get picked up to actually have a chance um, to take a look at a team or at least to just play. Um, but yeah, this is a guy that like Colorado fans like loved just because he was with that group, uh, you know, a, a really strong group that brought dominance or just brought the fan base back to Colorado when you root for those type of guys. And the Nuggets do always seem to to work those types out, you yeah. know, at the very least. So let's say he's a legit six seven. I don't know if he is. Let's say he is. Is there any <laughs> world in which he's a wing, or is it just big guard all the way? I would say big guard. I would say big guard. But I mean, he might have some versatility. Like in a small ball lineup, you, you could check it out. But yeah, I mean, you want him as a shooting guard. Like he is, he, he plays that position kind of prototypically. Yeah, and, and so I don't know that you would push him out. Okay. What do you think? Same thing. I think that he's like a big guard mm-hmm. um, that can defend, you know, multiple positions. And you also get, that's what separates him. You can put him on a wing. He's going to be strong enough to actually battle with them. He's going to make them work hard. He's a workhorse <laughs> type of uh, player that you don't have to convince him that he's a three and D guy. Like he's mm-hmm. been that he knows he's that. And he also is able to adapt. So like he, he fits a different mode of he hasn't been the guy. Right. This is who he's been. So it's exactly. going to be able to um, grinding just, for the role player. Yeah. Thing. To just yeah. put that in there. Like yeah. you don't have to coach him into those type of things that he's always been. With yeah. the caveat being that he gets to spend the one year at George Mason where he is the guy. Sure. And, and so he's had all this experience playing the exact role that he would play at the next level, like literally the exact same role. And then you also give him a chance to be like, okay. Go to you, explore grow. Your game a exactly, bit. Yeah. exactly, and so that's exciting. This is a deep cut. Tyler Hall played at Montana State, crazy good there. He, uh, I think he might have got drafted by the Knicks. He spent a little bit of time with them, mostly in the G League. Basically, the exact same player. So if there's anybody out there who that reference is helpful for, there you I go. Gotcha. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. The two people that are nodding their heads vigorously. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Tyler Hall. Yeah. That was for you. Well, listen, love to get the Walker rundown again. Not likely a nugget, but he's a buff. And we cover mm-hmm. not just the nuggets, but we cover CO here at DNVR. Thanks in large part to Henry Chisholm, who covers CU. Henry, plug your stuff. Plug your social. Oh, at Henry Chisholm. As as you probably learned from Brendan. There's an H in that last name. There is. Two, two, actually. There's an L in that last name. C-H-I-S-H-O-L-M. Chisholm. Chisholm. As you would say, yeah. And DNVR underscore buffs as well. Yes. Yes. What, and what a podcast. What, what's your beat look like these days? Oh, so we just started a new project today uh, where I'm re-watching every football game from last season. Starts with Northern Colorado. Big old win. Oh, man. Um, 
but it's gonna get dark here soon. But yeah, just like I've got a little format. Scary hours. It's yeah, bright point of my life. But uh, yeah, I mean, three stars from every game. Like spotlight on this thing happened. Spotlight on that. What what you watch going forward after seeing that game. So yeah, it's gonna be like every other day or so. Twelve hundred words on each of those games. If anybody wants a no rest for the wicked, no rest for the kid over here. So we appreciate you taking the time out to hang out with us, man. Giving us the rundown, Dev. Always a pleasure to see you back in the building, my friend. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to be here. I need more of this. I need more of this. We, the people need more, Dev. That's for sure. <laughs> Again, uh, draft coverage ramping up here. We are going to have Mile High Sports. Is Ryan Blackburn in the studio tomorrow? Subject to change. If the presser comes up, obviously that takes priority. We'll keep the draft coverage rolling. Thanks, uh, Thanks, Henry. Thanks, Dev. Thanks, chat. Everyone have a great day. Have a blessed day.